Turn around, slap your neighbor a high five, and let them know you're happy to be here. None of the young guys done that, so I figured the old guy could. <clears throat> you can be seated if you wish, which is one of our apostolic moronic statements. Of course we wish to be seated. Thank you, Pastor Weeks, for the invitation. And uh, feelings are mutual. Love this man. Love his family, and uh, one of my favorite singers, Abby, and uh, love this church. Love this church. This church loves preaching. And it is preaching that's going to save us. Preaching is going to save us. But thank you, the room, the, the basket, all the goodies, everything's great. And uh, this church knows how to roll out the red carpet and uh, make you feel like you're somebody when you know the truth. Even when you know the truth. But it is good to be here um, with this church, with Brother and Sister Weeks and Seth and Chris, my cadets. I think I made them nervous a little bit this morning. They wanted to know if I needed anything, and I said, oh, just a little bit of water. And so he said, well, there'll probably be two. At home, one bottle of water is good for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anybody being depressed. And my, my folks love me so much at home, some of them want to pour half of one of those out. <clears throat> I better be nice, they might be listening. <laughs> Amen, but I do, I do appreciate the opportunity and the trust. Amen, that's, that's more than anything. And man, we've already heard some incredible preaching. Some incredible preaching, Brother Brendan Bass. Amen. I asked him in the green room last night, I said, are you going to warm this thing up? And then I told his dad after he got done, I said, I could announce he warmed it up. He started this conference off right. Amen. And, uh, wow. Wow. And Brother Hare, last night, I, I was afraid I was going to have to go to the ATM to top that message. <laughs> I was so relieved when he started telling us it was counterfeit. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, I don't care how anointed you get, money speaks. <laughs> and so I, I was squirming. And uh, what a timely message delivered in a very effective uh, way that we heard last night and then uh, this morning already. Man, thank you for the word of the Lord, the anointing we felt. And um, man, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. 
And I'm looking forward to tonight. All right. Man, the preachers is going to be preaching tonight. And then looking forward to the word of the Lord, looking forward to the fellowship. And um, if you would, bow your head, please. And pray, Lord, help the preacher hurry. I just got a feeling, some of you, if you'd known what you were going to pray, you would have got a little more fervent. Amen. It is good to be here with all the ministry. Amen. All the other pastors that is here, so good to be here with all of you. Bishop Johnson, Mom Johnson, and always good to be with them, and uh, amen. Can I preach? This man called me several months ago. We hung up the phone. The Lord dropped the thought into my heart. I've done everything within my power, legally and spiritually, to get out of it. It's still there. And I want to deliver it to this congregation today if the Lord will help me. And if you'll listen and pay attention, I got a feeling it'll help you keep your shout when you get back home. It's not about just coming to conference to get pumped up and go back home and be a dud again. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated if you will direct your attention to the screen for a short message. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. To make the best national network even better, we'll do just about anything. I'm not advertising for a phone. We never stop working for you. Can you hear me now? Good. All right. (laughs) Paul Marcerelli is an American actor best known as the test man character in the commercials that you just seen. Making popular that little phrase, can you hear me now? And again, I'm not here to advertise because I don't have that kind of phone. But I do want to borrow his little cliche and I want to preach to this congregation today, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You can remain seated. I have, I have some scriptures today, so just, just be seated, and I understand your respect. James 1 and 21 tells us, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful 
hearer, but a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed. I also want to bounce into Luke 19 in just a moment if you want to get your Bibles and follow. I, I, I love seeing all the Bibles. I love seeing all the Bibles. At home, I say, we probably are to get as familiar and stay familiar as this as we can. I do understand we're living in the 21st century, so whatever you've got your Bible on, you are to keep it handy and be familiar with it. Be ready to use it. You know, people are, uh, people get so caught up in living that they forget about dying. We walk into nurseries, somebody comes in with a little baby and, and we make statements like, Oh, look, it's just begun to live. It's a false statement. It's actually just begun to die. Everything we do, everywhere we go, everything we are involved in, it becomes a process of our dying. I'm apt to say, death doesn't depress me, it's what I'm living for. I love this life. But I've got a better one waiting on me. I love all the stuff I'm able to get involved in. But I've got a better place that I'm excited about. Be seated yet. We as preachers. We as preachers. We are saddled with serving as a reminder that we will all go the way of the grave. Unless we are rescued by the rapture of the church, each of us in this room today will go by the way of the grave. I've preached funerals of those who were almost a hundred. I've preached funerals of those who were but infants and all in between. Death is not a respecter of persons. So though it's not popular and though it's not something that at the moment probably makes us want to dance and shout and get all excited, it is something that we have got to be reminded of and make sure that when we get to that place in our life, we are ready. Preaching is soul-saving work, which makes it heart wrenching work the preacher is a person whose occupation and function is in life is to preach the gospel it is the gospel that is intended to save our soul from eternal damnation how many in here's got a job young people you got a job you got one of them one of them some of y'all need to get out and fill out some applications. <laughs> Just saying. LOL. You can go to work and go home. Not worry too much about it. I was young. I know. 
I know what it's like. Let the boss worry about it. Who cares? I'll be back tomorrow at 7. Get a good night's sleep. Go play basketball, football, whatever it is. You know, it's another day. It's another dollar. Right? Preacher goes home wondering if they really heard the word. Pastor goes home and he's staring at the ceiling all night, reliving their blank faces. You see, I want you to understand today that doctors bury their mistakes. Hours go to hell. When a mistake is made in a spiritual sense, it becomes eternal. If it's not repented of, it's hell. And so even today, if I preach to you, and I don't connect with you, if I preach to you and there's not this eternal and spiritual connection, all you have done is attended another camp meeting or attended another fellowship or... Fellowships are great. Outings are wonderful. But we have got to understand that what we rub shoulders with, what we allow to sharpen ourselves with, is an eternal thing. Uh, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So it's with this in mind that I... I want to spend my time with you today. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Jesus speaks in Luke 19, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong Unto thy peace. Let me insert here. And I'm, I'm, I'm running. As a matter of fact, Brother Cox is a witness. My timer is working. We checked it over there a while ago. <laughs> he may be running his also. <laughs> yes, right. I just happen to subscribe to the idea that the apostolic church has not peaked. just happen to believe we've not reached the limit of a limitless God. I believe there's some things that belong in the apostolic church. Number one should be the word. But there ought to be a lot of other things that's in the apostolic church that we don't want to allow our society to cheapen. goes on but now they are hid from thine eyes for the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee 
and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children with thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. I want to insert right here. We've already had some preaching and we've had some great worship and hadn't the the praise team's done a great job leading us into the presence of God. Amen. Thank the Lord that there are those who respond to the Spirit of God. But I want to insert a little warning right here. Don't just move because somebody else did. Don't just jump because somebody else did. Don't just holler hallelujah because somebody else. When we walk into this house, there is a personal visitation from a personal Savior that is meant for every one of us. It's in Luke 19. It tells us Jesus and those that are with him, they're on a walk. They're coming toward Jerusalem and Jesus looks ahead and he began to cry. How many times have those of us that are carrying the word of God have walked into a service? And in, in, in coming into the service, we're touched with a burden. You see, some, some just jump off of work, jump in a, jump in a suit. And run into the church and flop down. And that's their ministry. But a good man of God is going to spend hours if not days. In a paraphrase. Eternal peace was within your reach. And you turned it down. I just believe that every time we walk into this house or your house of worship. And we spend our time in prayer. And somebody's pushed back a plate. And the man of God and the service directors and the praise leaders have got the mind of God and the direction of God. I believe there is to be a rendezvous with heaven in every service. We're in the last days. We don't have time for dead church. We don't have time for coasting church. We don't have time for church in neutral. We have got to have a move of Jesus Christ. Then he says, but now it's too late. You turned it down. And he begins a description of what's going to happen and trenches and held in and crushed you to the ground. And I want to note here, and I know I'm in a youth conference, but all of us said we weren't ever going to get married either. (laughs) And here we've got a Heard of guys, right? Yeah, all of us said, yeah, we're going to eat our young, you know, we're, this is not going to happen. Just, just no kids for me. I ain't got time for none of that, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Is it not? It's going to happen. And what we are doing right now 
will affect our children, whether we have them yet or not. Your praise or your lack of praise will affect the next generation. Your prayer or lack of prayer is going to affect your children, your grandchildren. It don't even matter if they're even here or not. so I've come to try my best today to connect with somebody's mind in this house and let you know that God in this room and in this conference is giving us an opportunity to walk into his, in his glory and receive his word and to take home with us something that will not only change us because when we are changed, everything around us changes. Uh, let me run down a vein here a moment. People walk in our doors and they, they, they're full of sin and they're involved in the world and they walk, we teach them they need to come to an altar and repent of their sins. We teach them they need to be baptized in Jesus name. We teach them that they need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And when they believe it, we expect them to take a step toward it. My question for the apostolic movement, when do we quit stepping toward what we hear and what we understand? I'm not going to go there for time's sake, but my Bible lets me know there's no seniority plan in this house. It don't matter if you've been here five minutes or 50 years. When the word is preached and spoken and you believe, you step toward it. And what keeps us from it is we miss the visitation. We miss the moment. Thank God for all those quiet, shy people that want to go home in their quietness of their bedroom and ponder on the Word of God. Pondering don't cause you to be repented. Pondering don't get you baptized. Pondering don't get you filled with the Holy Ghost. It takes believing and acting. To those in the intelligent group that has already grasped the knowledge, some of us have lived long enough to know and understand that when we submit to the antics and, and to the plan of Satan, that it brings destruction. It destroys our life. And it starts by destroying the peace of God that is given to us. The writer of Proverbs speaks of God calling and, and for whatever reason the call went unanswered. In 1 and 24 he says, Because I have called and ye refuse, I stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. And I also will laugh at your calamity and mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will 
will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Please allow me to remind this congregation. It falls our responsibility to hear. But it is also our responsibility to receive. And it is also our responsibility to respond. And responding is just not always clapping your hands. Responding is not always jumping up and down so somebody thinks you heard it. Responding is when I walk out the door, I'm going to put the word at work in my spirit. I would also like to note the majority of our Bible is written to the saints of God. And so if I consider myself a saint, then I have to make sure I'm adhering to this book. Not passing it off to someone else and climbing, climbing up on my high seat of self-righteousness. I can hear good. If you snap, I'll back up. But other than that, I'm going to preach. I teach at home that if your initial reaction is to lob a judgment at someone, there's something in your heart needs worked on. I've seen too many people that loved God, that loved the ministry, that loved the church, but because somebody was full of self-righteousness, they run them through with some sort of judgment. And normally it's young people because young people are still trying to get their feet under them. Young people are still trying to develop good godly habits. And just because they mess up on a day don't mean we should run them through with a sword and say, I knew they didn't love God. All. No, 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 no. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. God said, because you have disregarded me, I'm going to laugh when calamity comes into your life. So what is calamity? It is a state of deep distress or misery caused by major misfortune or loss. A disastrous event marked by great loss and lasting distress and suffering. So if all this distress and misery and misfortune and loss comes from not heeding the call of the Lord, the issue needs to be addressed. 
hearing is an important part of our life. When our hearing is impaired for whatever reason, it puts us in risk of not being able to hear warning signs and sounds. Sounds that could keep us from harm, could keep us from death. Train whistle. I'm glad I can hear them. Smoke alarms. I'm glad I can hear them. Preachers. I'm glad I can hear them. Wonder how many is up here just so they can see how fast that bottle disappears. I'm I'm just now getting over horrible sinus nonsense. And being that I am the oldest geezer on the handbill, um, I never did use. It never used to bother me. I hardly ever got sick. But Johnson, I hardly ever got sick. But here in the last few years, I've, it's caught up with me, and I'm outside farming and this, that, and the other, and it's caught up with me. And for some reason or another, and I don't know if it affects everybody else like this, but uh, when my sinuses start messing up, it settles into my ears just almost instantly. It starts affecting my ears. Any of you guys ever blown a speaker in your stereo? Some of you acting like some sanctimonious, quiet, <clears throat> I know better. Unless you paid for your own speakers and you won't blow them. You won't blow them. If dad paid for them, you'll blow them. But it settles into my ears and preaching like I am right now, there's just this cotton. It's not happening right now. Just don't feel sorry for me. Start praying. Jesus, help the little short preacher. I'm okay right now. But a lot of times when it happens, it settles into my ears for the weeks and I get this, it's, it's muffled. Everything sounds like I've got my head in a bucket. And, and it's, it's, it starts rattling. The shields, if you try to sing, and, and I, I try every once in a while, I try to sing, and it, man, you're, you're worried you're going to hit the wrong whatever. And I know there was a day in Pentecost when we just opened up and let her fly, but now that becomes a comic show. <laughs> For whatever reason. That's a whole other rabbit trail. but it affects my hearing. And in my hearing becoming affected by the the drainage or whatever it is, I I can't hear. Something will happen and I'll turn. And if I'm looking at it, if I'm looking at it, I probably can make it out. But if I'm not looking at it and it's behind me somewhere, I, I know I heard something, but I can't. It's in 2 Kings 4, the little lady's child died, and somewhere around 31, Gehazi, the prophet's servant, passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, and it said, there was neither voice nor hearing. There was neither voice nor hearing. 
Now, I spent seven years as a firefighter and had a lot of training. I was a fire chief for a while. And a lot of training. And if we come up on someone that's unresponsive, we will shake them. We'll holler at them. Make sure they're not just taking a nap on the sidewalk. Or in Walmart. They shop till they drop. They're tired. We make sure they're, they're... All right. I just a side note. Don't ever try CPR on somebody that's asleep. <laughs> just, just, just a little, little free training today. A little free training. Come on. Come on. Unless you've got somebody video on it. But when you're checking someone in the professional world, you check the ABCs. You check the airway. You check the, the, the breathing, the circulation. You want to find out and, and assess what's going on here. Did, 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 they, did they choke on a banana? Did, I mean, what? You want to know what the situation is before you just wade in and start something. A lot of times in the pulpit, that's what the preacher's doing. Preacher comes through and he's shaking folks. Checking to see if they got a pulse. See if there's any breath coming out of them. Because it don't matter what the world says, the man of God still's got the direction for your life. I didn't bring a lot of stats and stuff because I figured being in the youth conference, you'd get bored with stats. So just take my word for it. In the physical realm, in the flesh, the world, they say hearing is one of the last things that goes in a dying process. It's interesting to me that in the Bible times, it was their voice and their hearing. As I said, he, he text, text the prophet. Yeah, yeah, he did. Come on, man. He text the prophet. He said, "There's no voice, and he can't hear." Uh-huh. I think he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Pardon me for making something spiritual out of the Bible, but I know from from observation in almost thirty years of preaching and. The rest of that still being in, I might have well been a preacher because I was raised in a preacher's home. I I might as well went ahead and said I was a preacher. Had to live like one anyhow. Somebody was blessed right there, I felt it. But just from observation, I have noted that when someone spiritually loses their voice, When they lose their prayer. When they lose their praise.
The timing's right in there, Pastor Weeks, but the hearing's going to go also. And if you ever lose your hearing, what good is a Christian without a voice? What good is a Christian without prayer? We don't need carnal outlook in a spiritual church. We don't need somebody that don't have a voice of prayer telling the preacher that spent hours preaching or praying what to preach, what not to preach. We don't need a fleshly outlook in the apostolic church. Proverbs 28, 9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. God don't even want to hear the prayer of the one who disregards his law. He don't want to hear what you got to say. If you're going to disregard the law. Paul tells Timothy, he said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away from their ears from the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. I'm not against telling stories in the pulpit. But it better not take the place of the word. I'll tell a story every once in a while. To bring out a point. But it's not the base of the message. The base of the message got to stay the word. The base of the message has got to be the law. It's okay to tell a parable every once in a while, but it better not be the base of what's going on. You see, this generation has developed the itching ear syndrome. When you get it, you need to make sure you run right straight to the pastor and having to oint you right there and pray it off of you. Because it becomes carnal ears itching for what's outside the law. I submit to you for your consideration today that the time has come. It's not just coming, Timothy. The time has come where people do not want to endure sound teaching. Let's have a skip, preacher. Let's have a drama, preacher. I'm not against them. We do them. But it better not be the drive behind an apostolic revival church. You see, I'm living in a generation and I'm a part of a generation right now where, where men my age are being caught up in this. Men that's been raised in church just like I have and they're accumulating to themselves teachers that'll teach of their own passions 
itching ears have invited them over into another world. I've got news for the devil and it's been said already in this conference. I believe there's still some people that's got their mind made up, got their feet planted in the word. They got their heart turned over to a good man of God and the church shall survive. You ought to pray every day if, 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 as often as you can that, that somehow the man of God don't get caught up in myths. That don't get caught up in fables somewhere. That don't feel pressure not to become so rigid and strong in the word of the Lord. You ought to pray every day, God give my man of God a voice that is the voice of the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus that says in Luke eleven forty nine. Therefore also said the wisdom of God. I will send them prophets and apostles. I'm going to send them. Who's the preacher think he is? Well, he thinks he's sent from God. You got something else that we need to announce to us? Why does he think he has the authority to tell me this or that? Or my Johnny or my Susie this or that? (laughs) Sorry, I had to pray some meanness out so it would go away. Just going to preach. It's also Jesus that says in Luke 44 to his disciples. These people. You know what a disciple is, right? That's what, are, are there any disciples in here today? You, you come to learn. You come, you come to be instructed by the Holy Ghost. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a disciple of the Lord. So he tells his disciples as he's teaching them. He says, let these sayings sink down into your ears. It wasn't, it, it shouldn't be. Ah, oh, there, there he goes again. He's going off on that rant again. Well, that rant might be a satanic force that's about to destroy a family. That rant might be something that's eating the lunch of another young person in the church. It's not just a rant. It's a saying that needs to sink down in our ears. They had, they had the choice. They had the choice to let every Sunday, Sunday night, Bible study night, you have a choice whether to let the words of the man of God sink down into your ears. There's so many alleys on this road. (laughs) You see, this this generation needs to let 
the preached word of God sink down into our ears. We've got to be able to hear it. You've got to hear it so it can get into your mind. It's got to get into your mind so it can get into your heart. Entertainment has taken the place of God in our lives. church should come to meet up with God not to see how it's all presented what kind of presentation does he have let me just tell you something I come up with some old time preachers that couldn't even read but they knew who God was they didn't have schooling. They, they didn't have degrees behind their name. But when old brother Charlie Wick would walk to a pulpit and grab those ears and start whooping, the Lord started happening. We better be careful that we don't get to a place where we ever learn but never come to the knowledge. Preachers have been forced to become the counterpart to Hollywood's appeal. Worship leaders feel the pressure to perform instead of being intimate with God. I'm just, for, for the sake of some of you that might come on, if you can't worship, you're not a worship leader. If you can't praise, you're not a praise leader. If you can't pray, you're not a prayer leader. Teachers are being trained to appeal to a broader viewpoint. (laughs) Thank God for an unfettered... Well, thank God for a pulpit period. (laughs) But thank... Thank God for an unfettered pulpit because we've heard things named already last night, today. That's not correct politically, but it's correct biblically. So I submit today what we need is preaching that will direct our ways. Not just make us feel better for the moment. Preaching that points out our sins. And preaches points out our digressions. And points out the places where we have veered from the law of God. Oh, help us to God to find some saints, some young people that's hungry to hear the word of God. Not to justify what I'm doing wrong, but to correct me and pull me back to where I should be. (laughs) 
and he gave some. I wonder why he said some. Let me play with the words here a minute. But he said, I gave some apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I don't want to cross anybody, but I teach TLC at home. You can't be saved just listening to me. enough if I'm not careful I want to put my arm around and say well Lord you know that's just how they was raised God you know you're going to have to excuse them but an evangelist comes in and says hey I feel something in the house that ain't right and Paul Paul pastor has to back up and say evangelist do your work apostle do your work Thank God we love our men of God and our pastors. But the favorite thing in your life had better be the Word of God just coming to you any way God can get it. So we can sit in his office at 2 o'clock in the morning just babbling? Next year you're going to get a lot of emails. That go, can you just leave all young people on the menu next year? Leave all the old guys out. What did he give them, what did he give them to us for? I still believe there's apostles in the, in the apostolic movement. I still believe there's prophets. We know there's evangelists. We know there's pastors. We know there's teachers. Somebody want to help me say my voice and just venture out to tell me what did he give them to us for? He's picking on me. No, you spelled that wrong. He's perfecting you. You'll never come to the unity of faith or the knowledge of the Son of God or a perfect man or you'll never measure to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Without ministry. Thus I'm preaching. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Here's what happens when you take the ministry and the man of God out of your life. You become children that's tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the sight of men, cunning craftiness, who are lying in wait to deceive. I refuse to try to build a church off of cunning and deceptiveness if the truth can't do it. 
what, what we need, preachers, are hearers. Hearers. That allow the word of God to sink down into our ears. Somebody has got to understand what the preacher's doing. He, he might be working you over, but he's preparing you. He might be dressing you down and dressing you up, but he's preparing you. Because more than likely, somewhere in your Christian walk, you prayed a prayer and told God, I want to be used, I want to be anointed, and I want to be saved. And there's no other way but for the preacher to get involved in the work of your salvation. Don't leave the house and say, he's just cutting and whacking. He was edifying. And if you tune him out, if you tune him out, you'll never know who Jesus really is. It's not our choice. It's the book. We didn't choose this, Brother Morrell. It's the book. If you want to stay where God can save you, you've got to submit your ears to the Word of God. I'm apt to say you don't have to like me, but you've got to listen to me. I may not be your favorite person in the world, but you got to hear the word because that's where God put me. The preacher isn't really against anyone. He, He isn't against anyone. But he knows if you hang out there, if you hang out with them, If you get too close to the cunning craftiness, the deceiver will destroy all of the dreams that the preacher has for you. All right, all right, all right, come on. I've mapped out worldwide revivals from people that were sitting on the pew Pastor Weeks. And I've walked into my office and I've laid out in the floor squalling like a baby because I watched them walk out the back door and refuse to hear the word of the Lord and all of the dreams that I had with the talent and the ability that God had given to them walked right out the door behind them and I'm laying in the floor going, Oh God, what could we have done together? Can you hear me now? You see, don't forget. Don't ever forget that a deceiving spirit is the sweetest spirit you'll ever feel. Oh, it'll tell you everything you want to hear. It'll give in to every feeling that you're wanting to have just so that it can draw you just so that it can pull you I'm preaching to somebody in this room you better trust your preacher you better put your faith in the man of God in your life because he is the greatest source of protection outside of the Holy Ghost and he and the Holy Ghost will work hand in hand and one of these days you'll shout and dance on the streets of gold but you can't get there if you don't hear I'm trying my best to hurry. But let me tell this conference today, 
if the word that you get, if the only word that you get comes across the pulpit, I doubt your chance at salvation. If the only time of your week that you get word is on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and on Bible study night, I doubt your chance to make it to heaven. Uh, raised eyebrows and throbbing bobbins don't bother me it's how I preach but I'm telling you if the only time you crack open the word of the Lord is on Sunday morning Sunday night and Bible study I doubt you're going to go anywhere when the trumpet sounds this has got to be in your heart how incredible it is to study to show yourself approved not to the man of God but to God so you can rightly divide and so that when you walk back into the house of God and the preacher walks to the pulpit he's not telling you something new he's confirming what God has already told you young people make the word your go to place for strength for guidance To those in whom the Lord has entrusted to my pastorate. Who come and say, Pastor, I just have a hard time understanding the Bible. I'm going because you ain't spending enough time in it. I can't walk into a surgeon's room and go, oh boy, I got all this. Back up, I got it. Would my first victim come in and lie down? I think I can do open heart surgery. I can get it out. <laughs> I might not be able to get it back in. I can get it out. Yeah. Any rednecks in the house? I've skinned enough deer. I can get it out. Yeah. I'm not sure I can get it back in. It's amazing how we're not careful. And I know I'm preaching the youth conference. I know I'm preaching youth conference. But my, my grandma always told me, that an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. And so those that are not called into the ministry, and even if you are, maybe even especially if you are, don't try to take on the position of your man of God and fully understand why he does what he does. There's some days we don't understand. I've walked out of the pulpit and walked to my office squalling. God, how come? Why? Why did I have to preach that? Why did I have to say it like that? And see, if, 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 you, get, if you get a little carnality intertwined with your thinking, if you're not careful, you walk out the back doors. I walked into the side of my office there. And I'm wondering, God... What were you trying to do? But if you walk out with carnality, you'll walk out going, that preacher. That preacher. When all that preacher done was back in an office somewhere, said, Lord, I want to be a vessel. 
And so he walks out. And the spirit comes in and fills the vessel. And the spirit begins to speak. And if you don't believe in that, you don't believe in the Holy Ghost. I'm winding down. Never forget that just like the holy men of old that wrote this down, the Holy Ghost is yet given guidance and instruction on current issues through the ministry. I had a dollar for every time in almost 30 years that I've heard somebody say, well, show me that in Scripture and verse. If I had a dollar, I'd buy a new horse. Add it to the collection. I've been preaching longer than I have. (laughs) You've heard it more often. Whatever happened to trusting that God set up the church with the unfolding of ministry in our lives? These weren't invented when this was written. So these men go to prayer and go, okay, okay, God, how do we deal with this? And God speaks to the man of God and says, I've been preaching long enough. I know where lines are. I'm not going to step over. But I'm going to tell you, when you walk, when your preacher walks in the pulpit and he preaches to you, you better make sure you're hearing him. What the other guy over there is preaching, it's not what God gives to your preacher to preach. Anybody got any siblings? You got siblings? You like being compared to them? Oh, easy, easy, easy. Got to have an altar call right here before I get done. Whoa. Back off. I was the oldest, so it didn't matter. I'm not done yet. We don't like being compared. But it's okay to compare the preacher with... I got another scripture on my list, don't I? I better get to it. Well, oh, brother, so-and-so lets his people well, then oh, brother, so-and-so is going to have to explain to God when we all meet up at why. But when the man of God says, we're not going there, we're not doing this, we're not talking like that, we're not wearing that, we are wearing this, if we don't tune in and hear what he's preaching, Jesus again in Matthew. I like I like preaching from what Jesus says because there's got all them folks that's real spiritual in the in the church and they like just 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 the stuff in red. Sorry, right. I could preach for days and never get out of red. Some of you are thinking I could preach for days right now. He says in thirteen and thirteen. Therefore, speak I to them in parables. Because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. 
And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. Oh, I wish I could preach about that for a while. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes, they, I want you to notice this, they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their hearts, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. I just got a feeling that the majority of people that I'm preaching to in this room right now can see and can hear and are in love with the law of God that's coming through the man of God so that we can all live with God. Acts 7.51 says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Oh, we, we hear sermons and preachers and carrying on about all that uncircumcision and uncutting away of the heart. And, uh, what about the ears? What gets into our ears going to affect our heart? Impure things in? What we hear affects our thinking. With bass, I'm a preacher's kid, and so I can always walk into a room and discern real quick if somebody's heard something about me. Yeah. Yeah. Walk in, and you see him like, yeah. is that that thrasher guy? Yeah. <laughs> what, what we hear affects our thinking. It affects our outlook. Now, by the way, it's nice to have my wife and son with me today. <laughs> Just to make me feel better, are there any people in the room that even remembers the name Henson? Is there anybody in here that likes the Henson sing? Brother Kenny? My son! In whom I'm most of the time well pleased. Man, some of this stuff that these people are listening to and calling it music. It ain't the Hensons, that's for sure. It's false doctrine. <laughs> You'll cut me off. I'm sorry, but I still like twang. 
Now, I, I'm a musician, so I, I'm appreciative. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> I'm getting looks. I'm appreciative of all kinds of music. Okay? But I, music is powerful. I can walk into TSC to get my, my cows and my horse feed and come out going, You're cheating, heart. Whoa, ho, who's what? Where did that come from? Sit down in Applebee's to try to get me a little something to eat. And come out going, there's a tear in my beer because I'm crying for you, dear. Now, I know it's because I don't pray enough. I understand that. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm almost done, but make me feel better because it's tightened up right there just a bit. Of Are there any humans in the house? It's easy for our hearing to be influenced. So young people, make sure that where you're hanging out and who you're hanging out with is not saying things that will make you tap your foot to another beat of music. I don't think it would hurt any of us to clean up what we're hearing. To make sure that what's on our devices is holy and pure and godly. It's what prayer meetings are for. It's what pre-service prayers for. We come in and we dump. We come into an altar and we dump. We clean out our eyes. We clean out our ears. We clean out our heart. We lay it on an altar and we ask God to forgive us. Because here's what happens if you don't do that. The preacher can come in and preach grace. He's running around preaching grace. But you can't hear. And so he prays and he studies and he comes out of the office and he'll preach judgment. But you haven't had a dumping session and it's plugged up. You're hearing stopped up and you can't hear the preacher. Mama tries to talk. Daddy tries to talk. Somebody in the church tries to talk. But it's so plugged up with impure things that you can't hear. Good evangelists come and try to get into our minds and hearts and we can't hear because of the impure things that have got into our system. Isaiah 59.1 and I'm, I'm that far from being done. Look at your neighbor and say he's that far from being done. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. That it cannot save. You can't be too bad that God can't save you. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot, cannot hear. But your iniquities 
have separated you and your God. It didn't deny the fact that it wasn't your God. It just said this is what's caused the separation between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Revelations 13, 9, Jesus again quoted here saying, If any man have an ear, let, somebody say let, let Let him hear. God's looking for people that's not just interested in dancing and shouting and interested in the good times and inter- but somebody that can hear the word and then walk out of our church buildings and make a difference in our world. My my small contribution to making God great again. I just believe and contend that if we can fall in love with the word more than we are in love with anything else, it'll do something. Pardon me for trumping Trump, but it'll do something that will trump Trump. Because no politician has the answers. I don't want to cross anything. I just happen to believe that politicians are going to line right up with bringing the Antichrist in. Because they're learning how to woo people and they're learning how to smooth talk and they're learning how to make all kinds of promises and they're learning how to make people believe the promises. When we've got something right here that you have to fight tooth and toenail to get somebody to buy into it. So I'm preaching to this conference right now. When you get back home after the feel good is gone and the dance slows down a little bit. When you plop yourself down in that pew and the man of God starts preaching the word. Make sure you're not just jumping to drown him out. But make sure you're hearing every word that is spoken. I hope it's okay. I don't know what we got planned. There's a little bit more room up here. For some other young people want to come up here real quick. Can you give us some cover up? Man, I remember as a young person, you didn't want nobody hearing nothing. You was praying. Now as a pastor, I just pray because I want them to hear it. Lord, stir them, God. If you don't stir them, kill them. And they're like, oh. as a young person, you don't want nobody hearing you praying. So I'm okay with a little cover noise. But I feel a hunger. I feel a hunger. From the very first note that was struck last night, there was a hunger. While I've been preaching today, I haven't been preaching flowers and ice cream today. And yet, while I'm preaching, there's a hunger. I want to tell all of you, some of you will hear it, but I want to tell all of you, when you come out of Sunday services, wherever it is that you're going back to, and you have heard the word, 
and make application of the word the world around you is going to know it can you hear me now I hope that this gets into your head and while your preacher is preaching Sunday it's going to be going through your mind I want to hear you I want to hear don't talk to me don't pass notes don't send me a text here in church I want to hear I want to hear the word in whatever way you're comfortable whatever way in whatever fashion you need to do it I want you to lift your voices right now and I want you to tell God ever how you want to do it you word it like you want to but I want you to let the Lord know God I'm going to dump some things I'm going to push some things aside I'm going to clean out my ears I'm going to clean out my mind I'm going to clean out my heart I don't want to just go through motions oh I remember as a young person I used to lay on my bed at night time and cry God I don't want to just go through motions I want to be real. I want to be real. Come on. Come on, young person. How long has it been since hot tears flowed down your cheeks? When it become more than just outward and it become inward. Some of you need to tell the Lord. I hear your word. I hear the word. I heard the man of God. <laughs>